Now then, welcome back, Saddos, to another episode of Sitcom Archive Deep Dive Overdrive with me, Eggs Benedict, your co-host. And me, Alison Barton-Simmons. So each week we look at a different episode of The Good Life or Good Neighbours if you are an American. It ran from 75 to 78 on the BBC and it's on BritBox and you can watch it there or you can just look at Daily Motion and find the episodes on Daily Motion. We tweet out links to where you can watch it and then you can watch the show and then listen to us dissect the show. And that's pretty much how we roll, isn't it? It is. It is. It's worked so far. We're quite a way in, aren't we now? Oh God, yeah. We're, we're almost to the end. It's... Um, It'll be nice and it'll be sad at the same time. It will. It will. It'll be a mixture of emotions, I think, to come to the end of this. But as we said last week, because we're coming to the end, we need suggestions. What do you want us to do in Series 2? We've talked about The Good Life. We've talked about Dear John, maybe. Watching was one that you suggested ages ago, wasn't it? The ITV one. Yeah. 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 The Young Ones. Uh, the Young Ones would be good. Um, Faulty Towers, maybe. Blackadder. Whatever you want. Just text us. Text us? <laughs> Send a carrier pigeon <laughs> yeah. to us with your suggestions. Smoke signals. Well, keep my eyes peeled. Answers on the back of a postcard, as Keith Chagrin and Noel Edmonds <laughs> used to say. Just let us know what you'd like us to do on uh, all the usual social media things, or you can email us. We'll, we'll give you all the details at the end of the episode. Now, before we get stuck into this one, I've got a game for you, Al. Oh, amazing. I always look forward to a game or a quiz. I've got a new game that's based on a retro format. Oh. I've made a theme tune. Would you like to hear it? Of course. Were things cheaper in 1976 when you factor in inflation? Higher or lower, that's the name of the game. Based on this information. Do you get the gist wow. of that? I, 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 I didn't just get a gist. <laughs> I got the whole hog. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was how I spent my afternoon, doing a bad Bruce Forsyth impersonation and matching it to the theme tune. Now then. Go for it. I'll try, shall, I, shall I actually try and do this in the style of Bruce Forsyth, or is that, is that hiding to nothing? <laughs> do you think you can keep it up? <laughs> oh, you're a much better audience than last week. <laughs> I think, yeah. I'm not very good at my Jim, uh, my Jim, Jim Davidson. <laughs> my Jim <laughs> God, why do I always do this? Less Dennis, less Dawson. I'm awful, aren't I? <laughs> Brucey was very rude to his guests, I thought. I thought he was a bit of a rude man. Was he? I never got that from him. Right, when he had a fat person on, he'd, he'd always make comments about their weight and stuff like that. And I thought, yeah, old fucking fossil, leave him alone. What, like in the early days? I don't remember him doing that on like Strictly. Well, no, because it was more Because they, they, they just weren't fat. <laughs> yeah, they were ballroom dancers, <laughs> so they were in good trim. But if you watch any old episodes of The Generation Game, and there was a bird on who was a bit... Um, a bird. <laughs> if there was a lady on who was a bit on the hefty side... If she was no... What did he do, Pike Parker? Yeah, we just make horrible jokes to him. Anyway, let this, you know, Aww. I'm having to go at Brucey now. It's bad enough I have a go at Tom every week. So, Oh, God. You've got the idea, haven't you? The, um, this, yes, I This have. is a higher or lower game in the style of mm-hmm. play your cards, right? Yes. I will. I've, I've took the liberty of looking up the prices of things in 1976. 
well, I say I looked this up. I went on retrowow.co.uk, which has all of the information of what things cost in 1976 and what they cost in 2016. Yeah. So this is a bit convoluted, but it not only gives us the cost of what things were in 1976, it also yes. works out what the equivalent cost is today for inflation. Okay, yeah, I get it. Okay, so I'm going to mm-hmm. give you the price of something today, or rather in 2016, to be honest, and then right. you can tell me if you think it was higher or lower in, in 1976. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you about a pair. Because you get nothing for a pair. Not in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking terrible, Brucey. Um, so we'll start with a slice of, a, a, well, a white sliced loaf. Right. 2016, typical price, one of your English pounds. Yes. Do you think that was higher or lower, my love? Taking into consideration inflation. Um, oh, no. It's going to be wheat dependent, isn't it? Oh, you're getting technical. Now, I wasn't prepared for this, my love. I do not know about wheat. <laughs> I think it was higher in 1976. 1976 price of a sliced loaf was 10p. Yes. The equivalent price in 2016 was 86p. Oh, right. So it's slightly cheaper. Oh. But not much cheaper, just slightly cheaper. Next question. Uh, you've started this how you start most quizzes, fucking abysmally. <laughs> <laughs> it can only get better. <laughs> okay, okay. Maxwell House Coffee. Yes. Top of. Four ounces thereof. Or about 100 grams. Typical price okay. in um, 2016, mm-hmm. one pound. Right. In 1976, would it have been higher or lower? I'm going to say higher. Correct. Oh, amazing. How much then? Uh, it was 32.5p. Right. Which the equivalent, in when you take into account inflation, is £2.80. Wow, that is expensive. So that's isn't nearly it? three times as expensive for your coffee. Wow. Coffee was more of a luxury in the 70s, and today it's everywhere. Oh, Everyone's yeah. addicted to it. Yes. Next question Bird's eye peas, 10 ounces. Are <laughs> you looking at me trying to do my face, trying to jump my chin, chin out <laughs> as I say? I <laughs> Bird's eye peas, my lamb. <laughs> So, what are they in... Oh, yeah, I need to tell you. Fuck. Yeah, no, no, no. Tommy's just guess. £1.30. Right. For 375 grams. Would that be higher or lower? That I'm going to say lower. Lower in the 70s? Yes. Correct. It was 10.5p, which is 90p in today's money. So, it yes. was cheaper for some peas in the 70s. They had a budget for paying... Um, Patsy Kensett to advertise peas in the 70s. Patsy Kensett? She didn't even a little Patsy girl, Kensett. was she? she? She was, yep, yeah, she was a little girl on the pea advert when, when, when I think the, the sort of catchphrase was when, when, the, when the pod goes pop and she had to do that thing with her mouth on the advert. I've not dreamt it, this, this is real. And how old would she have been? Oh, about eight. Hmm. Well, we'll have to see if we can find that video and tweet it out then. 
Yeah. Because it would be nice to see her, to see her <laughs> nice. Have I got, have I got two out of three two out so three. far? Two There's five in total. Actually, I could go forever. Ain't bad. I've got about fucking 50 of them here, but um, <laughs> I'll only do five. I've got another one for you here. I think this is a good one. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. Margarine. Half a pound of margarine. One pound 20 in 2016. Would it be higher or lower in 76? Mm. No, I think it would have been lower. Because I think they were trying to force us all onto a margarine-based diet. That's exactly why I asked you this one. And it was very much the case. It was a lot cheaper. Away from butter. Six and a half P. Wow. For your your stalk margarine, which is 56P when you take into account inflation. So it's um, less than half the cost. Of the one pound twenty, right? And a lot cheaper to eat, to butter your bread with margarine in the seventies. Mm. Now, sh- should we have one more? Yeah, go on. Then I can't lose. It's McVitie's milk chocolate high wheat biscuits, my love. One pound sixty in um, two thousand sixteen. Right. Higher or lower? Back in the seventies. I'm going to say lower. Wow, you've got four out of five. This is a turnaround from your previous quiz form. It was 11p for um, a pack of McVitie's chocolate home wheat biscuits, Yeah, which is 95p, again, nearly half the price. I was thinking of asking you alcohol prices, but obviously it's always cheaper in the 70s. Yeah. But I wonder if you can work out just how much cheaper. If you, if I was to give you an example of a pint of Guinness, okay, which I don't know how much would you expect to pay for a pint of Guinness? Not that you drink Guinness, but if you did today, yeah, well, six quid or something. I don't even know. I don't know. I've no idea. I've no idea how much. It won't be cheap though, will it? It's got to be at least a fiver, isn't it? Let's say a fiver. Let's say a fiver. How much do you think that would have been in 1976 if you include inflation? Uh. So the equivalent in today's money. Two pounds? Not even that. One pound fifty-one. Really? That's what you would be paying in the equivalent of today's money. The actual price was 16p for a pound of Guinness. Imagine that. I would have been rat-arsed in the 70s. No wonder they were always in the... Everyone was always in the pub, weren't they, in the 70s? Well, they've had no bloody anemia, would they? All the iron. No, God, no. No rickets. No rickets in the 70s. They might have been a bit egg-bound. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, what a mess. So there we go. Do you like that format? Should we do that again? I enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed the um, intermittent impressions as well. That was a highlight. And I didn't do bad. I did all right. You did. Four out of five. I'm, I'm, um, I wasn't so proud of you. That's really condescending. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like Tom Good, isn't it? Well done. Thank you, you, clever? you, stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note shall we um shall we get stuck into this episode before i um slip into a chauvinistic personality and get stuck there let's do that good life 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 so this episode um which i don't think we mentioned is a series four episode two the green door mm. this one starts out with the goods out in their garden measuring for something Yes, they're measuring for manure, aren't they? Yeah, it quickly becomes apparent that they need to somehow revitalise the soil. And it's going to take, what was it, about £140 of manure to do that? Yeah, 
Yeah. And that's just for the front. Doesn't include the allotment or the rear. Yeah. That's a, that's lot, a lot of poo, of isn't it? That? It is. It's tons. Um, but typically they're skinned, so therein lies the problem. Uh, Margot pulls up next door in her car, which have we even seen this car before? I this don't bright know. Green I, thing. I tried to look up what kind of car it was, and is it is it a, a Metro, Austin Metro? I will tell you later because I put it in my notes because Ali okay. recognised it. She watched this one with me. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what it is when we get to it. I think it's all of a sudden Margot's got a car. It's never been mentioned before, but there it is. Oh, it might be a Polo. That's exactly what it was. A, a Volkswagen Polo. Polo. Yeah. In snot green. It's not a car I would have... I don't, it's not really a colour I would have chosen. It's not very Margo-ish either, really. No, I didn't think so. But Ali liked it because she used to have a, a green polo of her, of her own. Oh, a Margo car. But it was... No, it wasn't quite as ostentatiously coloured as, as yeah. Margo's. snot green. Uh, the goods realised that they could actually use the dung from Margo's pony club. Because Mar- Margo, of course, has just come back from said pony club. She's in her jodpers. Yeah, she's all sort of suited and booted and Jackie Collins. Yes, she looks she looks quite sexy, as Tom observes. Yeah. She does like it. She loves it, doesn't she, when he points out that she's sexy. Um, Barbara also notes that she looks like she's lost some weight, which is a clear foreshadowing of what comes yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually didn't pick up on it, to be honest. I didn't think anything of it at the time. I just thought they were buttering her up in order to ask her if they could have the manure from the pony club. I thought they were just saying all the right things to make her say yes. Hmm. That is exactly the approach they take. But there's two things with this. A, they don't really need Margot's permission. Hmm. And and B, if you're going to go and seek her permission and she doesn't grant it, which is how it pans out. Yeah. Well, but you're going to go and do it anyway. Yeah. Th- then why the fuck did you ask in the first yeah, place? Yeah, just go and do it. Bypass... The Margot middleman and just go straight to the source. They're decidedly underhand and they ignore Margot despite the fact that she forbids it explicitly and says that she will never speak to them again if they do. It's quite a threat, isn't it? It's quite drastic, that, for wanting to put some manure on your garden. Yeah, it makes you wonder why, although Tom is too preoccupied with his own needs. Yeah. So the sulking goods have been quite entitled again. I mean, presumably there's another pony club they could have approached. But anyway, regardless, it's we're in sitcom world. So down at the pony club, weirdly, the owner starts taking the piss out of Mrs. Dooms Patterson. It was very um, underhand, that, wasn't it? Very sort of bit snidey. Yeah, it was a bit Bruce Forsyth. <laughs> it was. They're all, yeah, and they all, they all laugh at her, apparently, and... I just thought, oh, poor Mrs. Doom's Patterson. Yeah, I felt bad for her. I mean, she's just presumably big-boned lady who likes to ride. Enjoying her a time at the pony club and just being taken the piss out of. Oh. There'll be a big, wide-backed horse that can bear her birth, won't there? Of course there will. Anyway, there we go. So at the pony club, <laughs> um, the goods reputation precedes them. It seems that everyone in Surbiton has heard of them due to their self-sufficient lifestyle. This, this yes. lady included. And uh, when the goods ask for her manure, the, well, not her manure. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the pony club's manure. Um, this lady is happy for them to help themselves. But there's a twist. Yes. It transpires Margot isn't even frequenting this pony club anymore. <gasps> Where is she going? Dressed like that then? Mm, not even for a couple of months. Mm. To be honest... 
I know we're I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but why the fuck is she going out dressed like that? Jerry's yeah. at, Jerry's at work anyway. The thing is, if you go into a Weight Watchers club, the thing you do is you put on your lightest clothes possible. Yeah. Now I'm guessing that Jodpers, a riding hat, riding boots, and a whip, um, <laughs> whip riding jacket. You're gonna add at least half a half a pound. Yeah. More than that, more than that. There's going to be a couple of pounds in the weight of all that garb. She should just be going in like a, a floaty dress. Yes, we have to suspend belief a lot in this one because yes. for the storytelling, I think. Yeah, De- definitely. I'm far too, I'm far too sort of realistic about. Yeah, but you what can, you can get see. caught up in that sort of anal mindset of like, well, that's not right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, did think it was a bit daft myself. But she's trying to make it... She doesn't want anybody to know that she's going to, to where she's going to. So no. that's why she's putting on the outfit so that nobody's suspicious. So I get it. I get it. At this point, though, where did you think she was going to? Had you remembered? Um, I knew that there was... She was going to somewhere on the high street and was disappearing behind a door. I knew... I remembered that much. I couldn't remember for the life of me what it was behind the door. Yeah. I you couldn't think. You didn't... Your brain didn't do the thing that my brain often does and go to the worst case scenario of like Where a, did you think she'd come? I'd be like a Eyes Wide Shut Club again. <laughs> uh, it, no, it didn't It didn't go to anywhere like that. Okay, it's just me again. Just being you. a sick puppy. Good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. Well, back at the goods, Tom is making a new lead for the goes out of a chain. Yeah. Um, we also learn that Tom plays with his toy soldiers, which comes as no surprise to me. No, after the other week of playing football in an in a exercise book with a dice, yeah. it's no shock really, is it, that he plays Not with soldiers? It's a miracle this guy's ever left home or found himself a wife. Jerry pops in to borrow the slide rule. Mm. It's a, I think it's like a draftsman's tool for, for like technical drawing. What would he need with it up on the bloody 16th floor or wherever he is? But he does moan about his workload, doesn't he? So maybe he's been He does. I think he's maybe been, been sort of roped in to do work. <laughs> yeah. Just less drinking of gin and more actual work. Do you think he's a thundering good draftsman like Tom? A thundering good, that's the good description, isn't it? Yeah, he probably is, although I think he's more slimy than good at his job. Yeah. When it comes to the office. But it's all all this extra work he's doing is because he wants Sir's job when he retires. Yeah, it's quite, quite blatant. And that this, again, they do set things up episodes in advance. They did this with Margot's Sound of Music. Mm. This level of of planning and um, foreshadowing and narrative, you, yeah. don't, you don't get from many um, sitcoms of the era. You never saw this on, in On the Buses. No, no. So, yes, so that, you know, we, we will come to the uh, Jerry's attempts to win to curry favour with Sir and win his job upon his mm. retirement in a few episodes' time. Well, thank you very much, Jerry. When Jerry talks about Margot's riding Wednesdays to the goods, they become little shit-stirrers again, don't they? Tripping over themselves to make it clear that they're concerned about something. Yeah, concerned on one hand, but also wanting to know all the juicy details on the other hand. They do want to sort of prize it out of him. Yeah, they do. What what he knows and what he doesn't know. They're acting very weirdly. It's almost as mm. if they're 
making it, they're trying to drop hints to me. That's why I think they're shit stirring, but maybe they just yeah. don't know what to say because they feel so awkward. Yeah, it's almost like that um, that difficulty in knowing something when that other person doesn't, where you almost want to not spoil it for them, but you want to you want to ease them into in, ease them into knowing what what you know, I suppose. Yeah, but this is um, Jerry again in a in another display of good eggery from Jerry. Mm. He yeah. ma- makes it clear that he and Margot are living parallel lives, close but parallel, occasionally touching and crossing over. Which is a nice Aww. metaphor, but um, essentially parallel, and this mm. just adds to the goods concern. Um, and then Tom says, "There's always a bed for you at this at our place, mate." The way he says "mate" yeah. is always really weird. I think "mate." Mm. When Tom says "mate," it doesn't sound right coming out of his mouth, does it? Right. It sounds really, really forced and um, mm. contrived. Yes. Yeah. So in the next scene, the, the goods are in the high street. They spot Margot's bright green Volkswagen Golf Mark One. I wrote down. Yes. Um, in the very seventies Surbiton High Street, which you were delighted about, I'm sure. I do. I love it. I love looking at all the the the, the shop awnings and the um, the the lettering of shop signs and things, and the colour palette as well. Yeah. It's all lovely. And Margot. Um, she disappears into this green door, the eponymous mm. green door, looking very sort of shady. She's furtively looking around, but somehow, despite her furtiveness, fails to register. Tom and Barbara stood there gawping in the middle of with the road. Goat. With, with a goat. And they're walking the goat. I think you'd see him, wouldn't you? You would, yeah. You, you... Oh, I went a bit high there. <laughs> you would, yeah. <laughs> this is the Brucey impression. This is what's done to it me. It is. me bloody throat. You've, you've affected your vocal cords. Oh, man. I've been open mic tonight as well. I've been singing. Uh, as such as I ever sing. You've heard the jingles. <laughs> <laughs> so if she's playing away, she could probably mm. do with a lower profile car for one thing, couldn't she? Yeah. <laughs> Than a bright, bright green, green Granny Smith yeah. mobile. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly subtle. But the, the goods, they they meander over to have a proper look at this and they observe that it's probably just a private flat. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Oh, I didn't like it. It oh, it did the brass tone and it shot to Barbara's face and it oh peril. It's not just mild peril, it's big peril for me that. It just made me laugh because in case we didn't get it that the goods had their suspicions <laughs> about her playing away, we had to have yeah. the brass tone and the zoom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to to highlight the fact that this is bad. This is bad this news. This is bad news. Help! Bell! Back in the goods kitchen, they're continuing gossiping, giving voice to the theory that she has a fancy man. Yes. Yes. They're chatting about what's behind this green door. Yeah. And they come to the conclusion, quite rightly, that it's not another pony club above a shop in the high street. And Barbara says, well, you'd never get the horses up the stairs, which made me laugh. Um, but then I think the, the, the mind is going definitely towards something sexual and something a bit... Out of the ordinary. And this is why she says they won't be prancing around a pentagon in a nuddy. Yes, that there's like a coven. Um, but then the, 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 they really don't want to think that of Margot, but that, I think that's where their head is going, that there's something 
strangely sexual going on above this shop. Do you still use that pronunciation of the word nude? Nuddy? Um, nudie. Th- uh, yeah, nudie, but not nuddy. Nuddy. My nan used to say nuddy, so it made me smile when she said it. Because I remember being up in, in Scotland, of all places, mm. and we were up on a cliff. I wasn't going to say this, but we were up where's on... This, where's this story going? We were up on a cliff, we got out of the car, and it was like, you know, some beautiful beaches up in Scotland, but it's always raining, yeah. so no one's ever on them. So we're up in the Highlands, and we got out of this cliff top, and we looked down, and there was one fella coming out of the sea, and he was El Bolico. Oh, my God. And... Uh, well, it wasn't. It was summer, but it was. You know, it was windy because it's Scotland, and it's probably midges around and all sorts biting his knob. But um, my nan, my nan <laughs> looks down and she goes, "Is that fella in the nuddy?" Oh, nuddy. And then my dad looks down. And he went, uh, "Yeah, I think so." And she goes, "Well, let's go then." She starts marching off down the hill. <laughs> we couldn't catch her. She was down that hill. <laughs> Just commando rolls straight down. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what my nan was like. She, um, This is the woman who, when I got married in Vegas, she ordered pay-per-view porn on the hotel channel. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, because my mum thought my dad had ordered it. She was giving him grief. In- was this intentional? She says it wasn't by, intentional. By but then uh, That th- old chestnut. It was observed that she'd watched it for three and a half hours. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> she said she tried to turn it off but then she couldn't bring herself to because she was so fascinated by the storyline and the fact that they were all such contortionists wow she's had that story lined up <laughs> yes she's put some thought into it but you know that's how she got her kicks seeing people in the nud- nuddy bless her I digress yet again so um, Jerry yes. pops in to see the goods mm-hmm. and Barbara immediately hugs him tightly she just gives him this massive yeah. um, bear hug because their poker faces are just fucking dreadful. I wouldn't mind playing yeah. poker against them. They're terrible, aren't they? Um, and it's all sort of poor Jerry. And um, once again, being a good egg, you know, he decides he doesn't share enough of Margot's interests. He's going to join the pony club as a surprise for Margot. Of all the things that he could do, though, to spend more time with his wife. Yeah. I just think that that's like the, the least Jerry thing that he could have chosen. They do suggest other things. Um, like joining the Conservative Club, but he's already a member, which makes you think, well, why don't you just fucking go with her then? Yeah, do more things together that are not riding on horses. Yeah. Does it, yeah, again, we, we have to suspend disbelief. I know, sorry. I'm just, I'm just so much not fun. No, it wasn't the, the most watertight premise this episode. They did, um, Larby and Esmond did finish it after four series because they said they were running out of ideas to do with yes. self sustainability. And, you know, you can sort of see the strain in this plot. A little bit, yeah. The goods try to dissuade him rather than do the sensible thing, which probably you or I would do, and just let things run their course. Because they're worried mm. about him. It's probably for the best if he finds out if Margo is shagging around. Yes. But they, they're, yeah. they're trying to dissuade him and getting too involved. And then we, we cut to Margo baking in her kitchen, making um, gingerbread for the Music Society. Yeah, she's very busy. She hasn't got a penny on, thankfully. No, not this time. I'm glad that that one's been... Um put away in the drawer. Hmm. But she's she's making these gingerbread men and the goods confront her, don't don't they? And they Yeah. But she, they don't confront her outright, they just say, We know what you're doing, we know what you're up to. Yeah. And she's just hints. Yeah. They don't accuse her of anything. And she, for her uh, Margot for her part, is just really coy. Yeah. She just says, Well thank you for calling. Not rudely. She just sort of says, Oh, this is a this is a, a nuisance. I think she says something like 
um, Jerry would have to find out now at the 11th hour when, when it's almost run its course. Yeah, she doesn't say exactly what it is that... She could, she could put an end to all this. Again, this is obviously... It, as part of a sitcom, it, it would it would like ruin the story, and it'd be over in like seventeen minutes. But she could just put an end to all the suspicion by saying exactly what it is that she's up to. Yes, well, she seems pretty unconcerned. So, as viewers, yeah. as viewers, we're pretty sure this is a classic comedy caper mix-up situation. Of course, it is. Oh, I see one of your jokes. Very good. <laughs> And next thing we know, um, it's sort of later that evening, nosy Tom is hanging around at his back door, isn't he, listening out for fireworks from next door because he expects Jerry to come back from the pony club with the revelation that Margot yeah. isn't a member. And Barbara... And to be a massive row. Yes, yeah. You would... Ex- well, they must be used to the sound of them bickering anyway. I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. they weren't bickering just about something else. Yeah. Barbara admonishes him um, for being nosy, but then they start jointly fantasising that Jerry's done Margot in. That he smothered her. Yeah. I don't know if I would fancy Jerry in a one-on-one in a scrap between those two characters. Margot's a formidable... Oh, right, I thought you meant you. Like, you versus Jerry. No, I wouldn't take Jerry on either. He's, he's in the firm, isn't he, down at Chelsea? <laughs> he'll, yeah, he'll open just me knife you. <laughs> just, just knife you in the face. Yeah. No, I think Margot mm. could take him. Take him down all the way to Chinatown. <laughs> And the Ledbetters actually just turn up in the Goods' kitchen all of a sudden, don't they, to invite the Goods out for a drink? Yes. Presumably Jerry's paying, as usual. Yeah, which is a weird sort of um, juxtaposition to what the Goods are thinking is going on, that they just think the worst, and actually the Ledbetters are on, on, on for a night out. Yeah, they're in good form. And Jerry goes off to get the car. Mm-hmm. Margot confesses that Jerry never even made it to the pony club. And the goods then contrive to think that she's managed to get away with it. Yeah. Without ever vocalising what it is they think she's got away with. So the, yeah. mis- the farcical misunderstanding continues. And Margot's clearly got no intention of telling them what she was up to. I, I thought at one stage, this is going to finish. And I, w- I wish it had. I think it would have been a it's really good... It's not going good, to be revealed. ...really good, um, unexpected ending for a 70s sitcom mm. if it just cut to the credits. Like this... Like the Sopranos, just yeah. a black screen, and then it's all done. And then the next week, previously on The Good Life. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we get the stinger, and it's, it's as you said earlier, it's a little bit underwhelming because it, is. It, it turns out that she was just at Weight Watchers all along. Obvious, really, after that opening scene where Barbara compliments her. She's happy to know that she's, that she's being noticed for losing a bit of weight. It's obviously working. Yeah. And again, sus- suspending belief, are we to expect that posh one-on-one Weight Watchers existed in the 70s where you went one-on-one rather than in a group with Marjorie Dawes or whatever and, and they all operated behind mystery green doors and didn't advertise? Is this the way it were, do you think? Or is she like a private version of, of like Weight Watchers? Like that she's, she's like em- She's like employed this woman, like as, maybe like as a personal trainer kind of setup. Before they were in vogue. Before they before they were a thing. She's like the drill sergeant in Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> Sound off like you got a pair, Margot. <laughs> but with a prettier scarf. Yes. So there you go. An underwhelming episode full of very contrived yes. storylines. But I still enjoyed it, didn't you? 
I did, I did. Those kind of things, they, I get a bit frustrated sometimes with uh, where you can see the setup and you know it's leading towards uh, miscommunication, misunderstandings. Um, I, I end up feeling a bit anxious when there's misunderstandings mm. that I can I can see, I can sort of foreshadow happening. And um, but this was this was all right. Luckily, it was only half an hour, so I don't have to be anxious for too long. Did you um, have an MVP in this one? I did have an MV- MVP, and it was Margot this week okay. for just staying so cool. Um, not rising to the fact that she was almost being accused of something that she hadn't done. She just kept with it because she had nothing to prove. She 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 can go and do what she wants. I suppose she was lying a little bit by saying that she was going to the pony club, but I suppose it was that sort of 1970s embarrassment of going to a, a weight club, hmm. maybe. She's in, totally um, in control of her own In control choices. of it, yeah. No rising. She didn't rise. She didn't sort of get cross. She didn't get concerned. And she didn't follow through on that uh, threat never to talk to the goods again either. In fact, no. she barely even gets annoyed with them when it transpires they've been to the pony club, yeah. despite her saying they shouldn't. She's totally yeah. calm and collected. She is. So I agree with you. I've given it to Margot as well. Although I was tempted to give it to Jerry because he was wanting to make the effort for his wife, wasn't he? But he never followed yes. through. He got distracted no, on the way there by a yeah. passing off license or something. Um, so I give it to Margot, which I think this restores Margot's three-point lead. I think it pushes her up a little bit again, doesn't it? Mm. Excellent. So I don't think we've got much fashion in this episode, but I may stand corrected. Shall we have a little trip over to Fashion Corner? Let's go. Fashion, fashion Corner, Fashion Corner. Fashion Corner, Fashion Corner. corner. This week, no, I think you're right there, Ben. There's not, there's not tons of um, of mention-worthy fashion. However, Jerry, in a couple of the scenes, has very sort of particular smart shirts on. In one, in one scene, he's got like a striped, quite a blocky striped shirt mm. with a, a like a corresponding tie. And I do always think that I, I, I do associate smart workwear with the Jerry character I think he I wrote down Jerry's Tory shirt his Tory shirt what made you think it was a Tory shirt it, was it just looked like a sort of Jim Hacker shirt again okay. although we, Jim Hacker of course is never revealed to being conservative or Labour or no. indeed anything else but you assume he is don't you when Margot is busy in the kitchen making her gingerbreads um, she's wearing what I can try to sort of like look a bit deeper into into like sort of style of what she was wearing and i could describe it as a milk like a milkmaid dress it's long sleeves powder blue and white ruffled sleeves around the shoulders and then like a slit vertical front and she's got a matching ribbon in her hair which is very pretty i like it when she sort of mm. corri- has corresponding accessories with what she's got on and we see her very red nails as well as she's cutting out the um, the gingerbreads but in, in that scene in particular, she looks she looks very pretty. It's very very pretty look to her. For a sort of like a middle-aged lady, it's quite a pretty look. The scarf that the Weight Watchers lady has on when she comes to the green door to let Margot out is, is just worth a quick mention. Very sort of 70s look to it. Quite a busy, colourful print. And when Jerry and Margot um, turn up at the goods to go to the pub they're both quite smartly dressed for it for an evening out i think margot's got like a, a 
like a furry jacket on that's perhaps worth a mention nothing sort of outstanding this week in terms of Margot's usual collection uh, but the yeah the, the dress while she's making while she's baking is is yeah that's probably my number one mentioned this week on Fashion Corner. Cool. So next week we have Series 4, Episode 3. Do we know what the episode is, Ben? It's our speaker today. Oh. And I only remember bits of it. I know Barbara goes and speaks to some youths, and I'm not sure if it might be like a Borstal-type situation, like young offenders. So Tom's a bit worried about them leery all over Barbara. Okay. I don't remember this one. I don't remember much about it other than the fact that Robert Lindsay is one of them. He's one of the the, the kids at the Borstal? Yeah, oh, right. I remember that. Okay. He only has like one line, but that's pretty much all I remember. I don't really remember much else about the setup. Oh, I'll look forward to that. Um, but yeah, so we'll find out more about that one next week. So if you've got this far with us, you, you're you're enjoying what we're doing, I hope. But if you want to sort of get in touch, you can do. Um, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Saddle Podcast, where we post all sorts of bits and pieces like rare videos. At Facebook page, um, you can find by searching Saddle Podcast. You can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting our website at saddle.club. Here you can also get more information about us, read blog posts, which is a bit of additional content. Listen to episodes um, if you don't do podcast apps. Get in touch with us by email if you like at saddlepodcast at gmail.com and tell us all the things that we've missed because we love that. Please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes if you wish or wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll see you next week for um, our speaker today, Series 4, Episode 3. We'll see you later. I'll see you It's all those Brucey impressions. <laughs> Does it bring up your wind? <laughs> it does, yeah. Actually, you know what? I nearly put my fucking jaw out. I was yeah, and I felt I got TMJ. <laughs> Imagine explaining that at A&E. <laughs> I'm sorry, my love, I'll do the brief full-time. <laughs> oh, that's A really, really bad one.